Hi. Hi. Welcome to Why Are We Like This, a Heart Stopper podcast. I'm Ashley, she, her. And I'm Alyssa, she, they. And today we are here to talk season two, episode two, family. Or as I like to call it, the one that made me cry a lot. <laughs> yeah. They all made me cry, though. <laughs> yeah, no, this this one is more like a roller coaster of emotions. I was, like, swinging. It was like a pendulum of rage and, like, crying. And, like, <laughs> the, like, equilibrium of the pendulum, like, the middle is just, like, oh, my God, so cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> truly. Um, okay, so before we dive into this episode, I have some updates from people. We got some comments. Um on Twitter, Miss L commented, UK teacher here, to answer your question about Nick's revision in season two, episode one, I viewed the study hall as only taking place during form time slash morning registration rather than all day. True and forms are mixed year groups, so it makes sense to have year 11 in the hall. The seating is definitely odd, though. If we do ever put year 11 in the exam hall before the exams, it's to get them used to the conditions of a public exam. They would absolutely be in alphabetical order. (laughs) But Mr. Farouk probably doesn't have a form group, which means that's why he's revising. I didn't even think that it could have just been during the morning. Hmm. And it definitely seems like it's an all-day thing, the way that it's, like, set up, but... It's not like we see Charlie in other classes, so we don't really have a right. frame of reference of where they are in the day. I To me, it starts to fall apart a little bit in this one that that could be. At first, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, that's got to be it. And then I started watching this one, and I was like, oh, but now I have even more questions. <laughs> so I'll bring those up as we go. Yeah. <laughs> but on the flip side, um, Samantha Kate 2117 commented on youtube and said british person here never once did any kind of revision like this never got any set revision time so no idea at all what that is about (laughs) (laughs) and i mean i know in the books what they do is they get like two weeks of study leave yeah where they don't go to school yeah which also doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah And then my only other note before we start Mm -hmm. is when Charlie hands the chocolate bar over to Nick and they're having that conversation, his school crest on the patch changes (gasps) and it is the the two hearts replace the um, spades just like it did for Nick's patch in the season one, except for being like a solid background. It's got like rays of sunshine. Oh my god, I have to look for that. yellow and orange. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, I saw it on TikTok later and was like, oh, I didn't even pay attention! (laughs) We just talked about this at the end of season one and I wasn't even looking. That's okay. Uh, When Eddie and I were watching season two together, he was like, damn it, I forgot to mention there's this whole thing with Nick's body language that he's been talking about for since our first watch through and that he was like i'm gonna have to like track it and see if it plays out in season two and it does i'm gonna bring it up like when it's relevant but he was like damn it i forgot to bring up this whole thing and i forgot to remind him about it so but we'll get the basics yes i'll give the basics and we'll have eddie back on and he can explain it further Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right (laughs) shall we talk about heartstopper (laughs) yes all right, 
Season two, episode two, Family, was directed by A. Ross Lynn and written by Alice Oseman. And according to IMDb, this is the one where, with Charlie's grade slipping, his parents tighten the rules. Tao's jealous when Elle makes new friends. Nick's older brother invades his privacy. Or, as I already said, the one with the emotional pendulum. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, God. I have a lot of thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, Yeah, I know we both brought a lot of notes. (laughs) Yes. Buckle up. All right. So my first note is of the very first shot. The, like, overview of the parent-teacher conferences in the Uh gym. And you can see them, you know, all sitting. And you can see Nick in the back. And that... That is not Olivia Coleman sitting next to him <laughs> in the yellow shirt. Oh, it's totally a body double. I was just immediately like, that is totally different hair. I did not catch that. <laughs> uh, my first thought was, this looks like an absolute nightmare. Like, as a teacher uh-huh. and as a student, like, this is stressful. I The way that I've done parent-teacher conferences is a, either virtually, which I hate, or... Either the grade team is in a room together and, like, each teacher has their own table. So there's only, like, four or five people, like, four or five tables. Mm-hmm. Or each teacher's just been in their own individual classroom. Right. Which is not – it's private. You're not distracted by everything going on around you. Exactly. There's nowhere for the kids who are in trouble to run. <laughs> It's true. But, like, more importantly, it's just, like, you're able to, like, actually focus. Mm-hmm. Um, although I can can imagine that it just kind of helps with, like, traffic flow and things like that. Yeah, because this is set up, like, speed dating. Yeah. They're, like, rotating. It's very weird. This looks awful. But, yeah, so, like, each – yeah, it, it is, like, speed dating in a way. Mm-hmm. Or, like, every teacher has a table. I did like that they had the little name cards with, like, the name and, yeah. the, and the subject. And yeah, so we just kind of go between a bunch of our Truem characters and teachers saying things about them, starting with uh, Mr. Lang with Charlie and Jane and Julio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and I do, just before we get into this, all of these statements are things that I have said, like, verbatim. <laughs> 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 like, um, I so I didn't write down everything, like, word for word of like what the different teachers say i've just kind of summarized except for like some key things uh Mm. slash some things that i was requested to write down verbatim (laughs) um (laughs) which i I was already planning to anyway but um so we start with mr lang with the springs and he says that charlie's always been a high achiever but that his grades have been slipping the past few months Mm-hmm. And Charlie looks at Nick. He, like, turns his whole body to look for Nick and Mr. Lang. <laughs> this is the move of the teacher who's like, <laughs> I don't know if the parents know that their kid is in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything, but I am going to make a very, very pointed statement. And if the parents <laughs> yeah. know, they'll figure it out. And if not, they'll just know that the kid is fucking up. So he goes, been a bit distracted, haven't you? (laughs) I know. I also love that. um, So Charlie's like looking down and he says, Charlie's always been a higher achiever, but in the past few months, and as soon as he says in the past few months, that's when 
Charlie turns and looks, and then he says, his grades have been slipping. <laughs> and Charlie looks back. It's like, mm. fuck. <laughs> uh, also, not to be thirsty on Maine. <laughs> the actor that plays Mr. Lang is such an attractive human being. Yes, he is. Every time he's on the screen, I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Tao's feedback. Yes. Can I just... <laughs> Before we get into Tao's feedback, I'm going to say this a few times. Tao's mom is an icon. I love her. A hundred percent. She's slowly becoming my favorite mom. I'm sorry, Sarah, <laughs> but you, you done did fuck up a little bit in this episode. <laughs> so um, Tao's mom reigns supreme in my eyes at the moment. <laughs> yeah. No, I love her. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I also love Mr. Ajayi's rainbow mug. Yes, it's very Mr. Ajay. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. And he says that he gets the sense that <laughs> Tao's been struggling with his coursework. And Yan is like, oh, hell no, you did not just say that about my baby. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And then he, like, looks down at Tao's, like, portfolio and is just like, how the fuck do I explain this? Uh-huh. Because the drawings look more like that of a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also me. I can't draw, but I also didn't take elective right. art right. in high school. I took photography <laughs> and choir. Yeah. Things I was good at. I love that he just like, he just like points to it. <laughs> She's like, well, what, what do you mean? And he's like, this is what I mean. Have do you seen these fish? <laughs> My note just says we see Tao's drawings, which are not great. Yeah, he didn't have L to help him fix these. No. And then we get Mr. Farouk, who again, I'm so confused. Like, I know from the comics that he's like a physics teacher or whatever the fuck. But like, what the fuck does he do in the show? He says he hasn't been next teacher for long. And I'm like, then why are you, why, why? You're not even like assessing him or giving him a grade or anything. You're just a fucking babysitter, basically. Mm-hmm. Because like, what the fuck is he doing? It's a waste of time. A waste of Mr. Farouk's time. <laughs> it, really, it really is, right? So I'm like, why are you being made to sit with all these kids if you're, but anyway, but Nick is on track to do well in his GCSEs as long as he keeps focusing on schoolwork. And that is directed, that's more pointed at the, like, chit-chat with Ben and the yeah. phone situation. It's mm-hmm. not as pointed as Mr. Lang's comments. But Mr. Lang also ha- has Nick and Charlie in form every day and he has to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, knows. Yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't know, he knows. He knows, yeah. Speaking of Mr. Lang, we go back to Mr. Lang, who says one of my favorite things to say. (laughs) (laughs) That Isaac's grades are excellent, but that he needs to participate more. That was my feedback. Yeah. Everybody was like, she needs to interact more. I'm like, no. (laughs) Isaac's mom is like annoyed. Yeah. She's just like, it's the look of like, seriously, I've been hearing this every year since you were in whatever the uk equivalent of kindergarten is i've been hearing this every year we have this conversation every year just raise your fucking hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) just answer a couple of questions (laughs) yeah so then we go to ben 
And these are the smarmiest looking parents. This is like exactly what I would picture. Oh, yeah. His parents to be like. Mm. And he's just like smug and smiling the whole time. I hate it. I hate it. I've <laughs> described it as a smug, punchable grin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this teacher calls Ben a pleasure to have in class and says that he's set for top grades on his GCSEs. It's just everything about it is so perfectly well done because mm-hmm. it's all just like smug and entitled and yep. Oxbridge and yuck. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I just, I want to, I want to punch, I want to punch. Maybe the teacher. I'll punch the teacher. <laughs> for what? I didn't even, I, I don't know, for affirming Ben's existence. <laughs> For saying good things about him? <laughs> Liz is showing up to give you some some teacher lessons from the street. <laughs> Listen, I just, I'm very unhappy with Ben in this episode. <laughs> and then we get to Miss Roberts, the Spanish teacher. And let me tell y'all, this has been the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> so... Miss Roberts says that Charlie has failed to hand in several homework assignments. And then she switches into Spanish, which I guess presumably she's met Julio before and knows that his family is in Spain. Right. Because then she switches into Spanish. So what she's saying is, no sé por qué, pero no me están entregando los deberes. Which translates to, I don't know why, but he isn't handing in the homework. Yeah, I had to look up some of that because I realized, hey, dumbass, dumbass being me, Julio's from Spain. Presumably, this is Spain Spanish, which is a different dialect. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck los deberes are. If it were me, I'd say las tareas. (laughs) Um, And then Julio says, voy a hablar con él, which means I'll I'll talk to him or I'm going to talk to him. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Gotcha. Um, And then we go to another teacher who says charlie's been coming to class late and then we go back to mr lang (laughs) who tells the springs that charlie hasn't completed his history coursework essay and that he'll fail without it basically yep and this whole time like julio is upset like he knows that jane is about to like go in on him every time that there is a new uh, like sentence from a teacher, you see him react like "fuck, yeah." Shit. Mm-hmm. And then we go to this car ride home, mm. and I have notes <laughs> about this car ride home. Um, <laughs> Ashley is buckled up for my notes. <laughs> um, so Jane, it's it is the traditional. You got a bad report. Yeah. Car ride home from the parent teacher conference. It is very tense. Jane is like, so about that essay, Charlie says that he's going to get it done. Jane and Julio are worried that Charlie's been spending a lot of time with Nick and that it's distracting him from his schoolwork. And Jane says that Nick and Charlie need to spend some time apart. Charlie is upset at this. Julio tries to diffuse the tension by saying it's not like they're banning him from seeing Nick completely. (sighs) And then Jane interrupts and says it does, in fact, need to be a complete ban. And that until the essay is finished, Nick is not allowed to the spring house. And Charlie isn't allowed to go to Nick's house. (sighs) Do you want to share your thoughts first? Because I have a literal, like... (laughs) Yes. I'll do mine first. Okay. So (laughs) it's frustrating that she immediately 
assumes that it's because of Nick. Mm-hmm. She doesn't consider even for a second that there's anything else at all going on, that it's not even like a combination of Nick plus other things, that it's just, yeah. it's Nick, this is the reason. And so I just think this is another opportunity for her to have noticed some of his mental health struggles and just like completely went over her head. Also, we know that if Nick knew that Charlie was struggling this bad, he would force him to do his work. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he would be there to support him and make sure it got done. He would not be the distraction that she is making him out to be. Yeah. He is so feisty. (laughs) He's, like, ready to go when she starts this um, conversation in the car. Also, the way that she shuts Julio down about... It not being a full ban makes me super uncomfortable. but And I, like, want to see more of their one-on-one conversations because I want to understand their dynamic. Like, does he just let her with no fight, like, plow over him? Or does he try to make his points, like, like later when at the very end in the kitchen? Like, I would have loved to see their conversation, like, after Charlie went upstairs. Or their conversation before Charlie got home. Because you know... That they were talking about it, like, up until the minute they heard For sure. The door. They were lying in wait. But here's the thing. I I have a hot take. I don't 100% disagree with Jane. Okay. So here's my thing. Hearing everything that the teachers have said about Charlie, I agree that there needs to be some kind of consequence because he, he needs to be held accountable for his choices. He is choosing to let his relationship with Nick and... From what we've seen, that's probably, like, a big factor. There's definitely other stuff going on. But the other stuff Charlie can't control in his relationship with Nick and his choices around that, he can control. So I'm choosing to focus on that. He needs to be held accountable for the choice to forego his schoolwork in order to spend more time with his boyfriend. And since it's clear that Charlie is prioritizing the relationship with Nick over that schoolwork... It makes sense for the consequence to directly relate to Charlie being able to see Nick. Like, that is a fair and logical step to make in terms of, like, discipline and, like, consequences for this particular issue. So, on spec, on its face, I don't disagree with, hey, you can't see your boyfriend until you're done with your essay. However... (laughs) i have a big however it's in all caps there are several problems with the whole way that this happens because jane and julio are very clearly not a united front in this and this is the kind of thing where you shouldn't be making a snap decision there should be a conversation and i personally think jane and julio should have had a conversation separately and made sure they were on the same page and decided a consequence together and given the fact that charlie's like 15, 14, 15? I don't even fucking remember. 15. 15. Mm -hmm. He should be involved in that conversation. So that's like problem number one. I also think that while saying Nick can't come over and Charlie can't go to Nick's, like, and that being the be all end all of the consequence, you can't go there, he can't come here. I think that that's pretty reasonable given kind of the information that Jane and Julio have. But... The way that it was handled and with it being this very, like, rash and, like, 
snap judgment thing in the car ride home. It wasn't discussed. There wasn't really a conversation of like, hey, this is why it's not okay that you're making these choices because Jane and Julio clearly aren't on the same page. And Julio's trying to find something that's like measured and balanced. And Jane just kind of makes this snap decision. No, it has to be a complete ban. It's not good. And it's just going to create like tension and resentment, not only between her and Charlie, which we see kind of throughout, but could potentially also cause problems with Julio. Yeah. And we love Julio. Yeah. We do not want Julio to be sad. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at her like, <sighs> what's seriously? The fuck? Yeah. I mean, there are so many other ways it could have been. The same thing could have been accomplished, but just better. <laughs> it could have even been like, okay, throughout the week, you can't see each other. But if you do your coursework every weeknight and you can show me you did it, then you can see him on Saturday. Or like, you well, know? Well, no, because here's, here's the other thing, because not for nothing, this isn't like an overriding thing. This is until you finish this one essay. Is it just the one essay? It's just the one essay. Why didn't he just do it that night? Right? Why didn't he just fucking do the essay? He bangs it out in, like, a night. Uh-huh. No, it's not even. He bangs it out during the course of the during school the day. During the class, yeah. Anyway. I love that the song says, goes, let, let the, the credits, credits roll. <laughs> so and good. Title card. It's great. I also uh, made note of that. I also really like this title card a lot. Yeah. Like, the way that family changes from being in like the regular font to being all caps rainbow letters yep it gives me a lot of feelings especially in a show that's not just about like biological family but about chosen family yep exactly and especially because we bring naomi and felix in i just sahar oh yes sahar is also introduced i I have a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're good feelings i like it a lot yeah then we go to the Nelson kitchen. Nelly! I, I don't even know what the context is for that, but my first note just says, Nelly! <laughs> yeah. Well, they walk in and Sarah immediately goes to start making tea and Nick mm. bends down to play with Nelly for a sec. Okay. And then we hear David. Is the implication that he arrived while they were at Truham and he let himself in has just been chilling on the couch? Because the conversation that happens very much is the kind of conversation you have, like, early on in a return, like, it's catching up. This is definitely the first time Nick has seen him since he's been home. I don't know if Sarah maybe saw him before she left for the parent-teacher conversation. Maybe. You know, I could also, I could could see it being a possibility where he's, like, talking to Sarah and being like, yeah, so I'll probably be getting in around this time. And Sarah saying, oh, I'm, Nick and I are going to be at the school. Just let yourself in. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but, like, Nick immediately upon registering that David is home. Tenses up. Not at all happy. Yup, and David immediately starts pestering him. So, yeah, so David asks, I, I didn't write down, I... A lot of the David scenes I just wanted to get over with, so my notes are very short. And, like, summative, they're not as, like, detailed as other scenes. Uh, So it's just, like, David asks if Nick has a girlfriend yet, and Nick kind of shuts down. David is awful about it. No idea what was said. He just says, like, how have you been since Christmas? You got a girlfriend Mm yet? Yeah. And then my main note about this scene is that... When he's leaving, 
when he like walks away, he says, I borrowed your Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So he's already been in the room and he's already seen the photos. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's immediately bringing up, you have a girlfriend yet? Yeah. And it makes me so mad. My note was, why don't you have your own Nintendo Switch, David? <laughs> well, I don't know. He seems like he just would take everybody else's anyway, even That's if he true. had his own. That's true. So then Nick is like, please don't tell him about Charlie to Sarah. Sarah and would she, never. No. And she reassures him. But it just made me cringe because I was like, he's already he's already been in there. He's already poked around. He's already yeah. seen... So then we cut to Charlie doing his favorite thing to do when he's mad, which is drumming. And I was half expecting Tori to show up and tell him he was being very loud again. (laughs) I think it's earlier in the night. Yeah, so it's not as uh, egregious of a transgression. (laughs) Yeah, he's working through it, though. He's really, he's getting it on those drums. Mm -hmm. So he texts Nick and tells him. That he's banned from seeing Nick until the essay is done. <laughs> and Nick just goes, what? <laughs> In all caps. And then I just, I, I want to just read you my next note because I'm very, I don't even, I love it. So Charlie types, I'm sorry, but then deletes Ari and writes angry. <laughs> yes. That's a development, right? He's kind of getting into this more aggressive like reaction mm-hmm. i don't know what word i'm trying to say reactive maybe is yeah like- yeah it's like he starts saying i'm sorry and it's not that he's changing it because he knows that nick doesn't want him to apologize for things like i genuinely think he doesn't believe that this is his fault yeah he blames his mom Jane. for punishing him but This is the other thing that I don't like about the way in which the consequence is delivered because it's not holding Charlie accountable. It's just punishing him and he's not learning to take accountability for his choice. So that's kind of where Jane's method of delivering this falls apart and is not going to have the intended outcome. Whereas like sitting down and having a conversation and kind of breaking it all down might. Right. But yeah, it it very much is one of the first times that we see Charlie not blaming himself for something. Yeah. Interestingly, also probably the first time he maybe should be blaming himself. (laughs) But you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think that we just also like see him having darker emotions and stuff this type of Mm -hmm. this time around. We see him, you know, kind of lash out a couple of times to people, you know, who deserved it sometimes but like still it's very different to like season one episode one charlie you know so i think we're seeing that development through this not only him you know not apologizing for it but just like getting into that more like volatile headspace Mm -hmm. and then they have this adorable conversation disgusting and by that i mean like like the like saccharinely sweet kind of disgusting not like nauseated like it's just it's like the tooth rottiest tooth rotting yep kind of sweet um but before we talk about how sweet it is right so nix is first the study hall and now this the universe is pulling us apart are they in there through lunch do they not see each other at lunch 
I mean, maybe it's just they're saying that they don't get to see each other in study hall. So it's like one less time. So just like first study hall is gone and now. Okay. It's just so weird. The whole study hall thing is weird. Anyway, moving on. But we're almost done with it for the rest of the season. Thanks, so. fuck. <laughs> it upsets me so much in so many ways. Just like the logistics of the band concert upset me last yes. season. <laughs> I'm just like, the logistics of this make no sense. <laughs> huh. Anyway. So yeah, so uh, then Charlie says that they're tragic star-crossed lovers. I This is my favorite part is the next three lines. Yeah. Of the text. Nick says they should run away to Paris together. Charlie says bring Nellie, though. <laughs> and Nick says, of course. And I'm just dead. Like, obviously. It was never a question. Nellie goes. <sighs> and then we get brought back down to reality. He says, my brother came home today. He's a dick. How many times does Nick call someone a dick in this season? Because it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a few times in this episode. Yeah, and it's a lot throughout the season. It's probably the, like, strongest language that they can get away with. Yeah. So they're like, we're not going to let Nelson say fuck, but we'll let him say dick a bajillion times. Exactly. Yeah, we'll give you... Not the same. We hear that you all want (laughs) us to let them say fuck. We'll give you half a fuck and 12 dicks. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So then Charlie writes back a sad face and says, I want to hug you. And then Nick sends a heart and Charlie sends a heart back. Um, We do get brief glimpses at both Nick and Charlie's frequently used emoji. (sighs) I always forget to look. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Uh, So Nick's, and again, these are just my written out descriptions. Uh, Red heart, squinty eyes laugh, checkerboard flag. We get some nods to Nick's Formula One interests in this episode. This is one of them. The angel smiley, a thin line crooked frown, (laughs) blushing smiley, sunglasses smiley, football, big teeth smiley, angry face, teary eyes smiley, the other blushing smiley, skull 100. (laughs) I think it's so interesting that they use football because isn't there a rugby ball? No idea. Are you checking? Yeah, I'm gonna look right now. Okay. Yeah, there's a rugby ball. Weird. That's that's different from the football. Weird. <laughs> All right. Um, and then Charlie's frequently used emoji. They aren't much changed from the previous episode, but they're in a different order. So we have the red heart, the sun. Uh, cat blowing a kiss, blushing smiley, open mouth smiley with dot eyes, leaves, <laughs> heat stroke face, big eyes open smile, star, snowflake, party face, peace sign, curvy eyes open smiley, <laughs> trans flag, salute, hard eyes, sparkle, two pink hearts. Interesting, interesting. Yes. But the rainbow flag... So, I mean, there's also stuff that we couldn't see in both of theirs just right. because of camera angles and thumb placements. But, like, the rainbow flag we didn't see, which was there last time, and a couple others. Um, Was it you and I who were talking about... Yeah, it was. How maybe the, like, weather emoji is, like, his way of checking in with his friends about, like, how he's feeling or something like that. 
That could be possible. I think that was a comment. That was a, somebody commented that on our Instagram and said that their take on it was that like, if he's in a bad mood or needs like is feeling down, he sends that to Elle or Isaac and he doesn't have to explain it. He just sends the emoji and they know. I thought that was cute. That's, I love that. That's great. I really hope that that's the case. I'm choosing to believe that that's the case. Yeah. That's a helpful tool. Yeah. So we end that scene with Nick taking a deep breath and looking very stressed. And it's like, I just want to hug him because the the one person, you know, that helps him relax and, and get away from the stress. Now he's banned from seeing. Yeah. So then we go to Truem. Did you see the, like, drawstring backpack that's like the Bi, Bi Pride colors? It's like pink, purple, and blue. No. It's very cute, but looks super impractical for a school bag. <laughs> Like, just one of the guys that's at the picnic tables. He's, like, at the end of the picnic table with his back to the Mm. camera. So you can see the bag clearly. And it catches my eye every time because it's so bright compared Mm -hmm. to, like, all their uniforms over there. But it's just, like, that's not a good school bag. A drawstring bag is, like, the worst bag you could take to school. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty not good. I don't like this scene. Does anybody? My notes on this are are very brief. Same. Mine says, Ben sees Nick walk up, pulls Imogen closer, and then he fucking smirks at Nick, and they wave together and say hi at the same time. And it's like, I hate him so much. So the other thing, too, is he grabs her by the wrist. It's not like he grabs her hand. He, like, grabs her wrist to pull her in, which is, like, a much more controlling. Mm-hmm. Uh, to add to that, I also wrote, Imogen, No! And Nick is concerned. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's obviously very clearly only dating her to get at Nick. Or possibly Charlie? But like, I mean, definitely Nick. Definitely Nick. And I mean, this is jumping ahead to Paris, but like, Imogen even says that he's just so obsessed with having a girlfriend. I'm mm-hmm. sure for him, it's just a way of. Like, he thinks that it's cover. He's like, if I have a girlfriend, no one's going to suspect anything. Yeah. Alas. It's gross. I hate it. Get your hands off of her and your lips away from her. (laughs) Be gone. Oh, my God. And then we get to go to Higgs. And we see Sahar. Ah! My sweet baby angel. I love Sahar immensely. She asks, she's like talking to someone and asking why they never do their homework. It's very similar to the conversation that Tara and Darcy have Mm -hmm. at the beginning, like when we first meet them in season one. Yeah. She's talking to someone and and she says, why do you never do your homework? And they say, I don't know. I'll do it next week. Please help. And she says, all right, fine. I think I have the answers. Perfect. (laughs) And in the background, we see Elle walk in and say hello to Mm -hmm. someone at the door, the teacher, I presume. Yes. And she gets to her seat and Tara is like bursting out of her chair to tell her that year 11 prom is happening. And then immediately turns to Darcy and says that Darcy should wear a suit and that she would look amazing. And Darcy changes the subject. Darcy changes the subject and says, you mean we can't be Fiona and Shrek? (laughs) Which is great. It is good, but it's like, yeah, it hurts. It hurts so good though because it is an amazing visual it is because i I can imagine darcy can trying to convince tara to be 
ogre Fiona instead of like princess <laughs> yeah. Fiona. Yeah, for like, sure. Like this, like that's kind of where my brain goes because I don't want to think about the reality of the situation, which is that it's very sad. <laughs> I just, I just think that this is one of the first like very clear instances we have of Darcy like running from things that are hard for her to talk about or process. Well, we have the thing in the first episode, too. When Yeah, when they're talking about her mom. Yeah. Yeah. I do think this is more clear, though. Oh, definitely. This is, we, she, gets, she gives more of a pause with mm-hmm. this one. The other one was so quick. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I guess it does really start to... I mean, I really, it kind of... She doesn't take anything seriously in season one, either. But yeah. it's just more clear in these first few episodes that she is avoidant like as fuck (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. so sahar comes over she hears them talking and she says that miss greenwood put her in charge of planning it and as soon as she starts to say that you can see tara's entire face light up (laughs) she's like bursting out of her chair she like practically jumps out of her seat to (laughs) say yes and it's like, do you want to eat with us for lunch? We can start making a mood board. Like it. Yeah. She was made for this, but she is the, she is the type of person that you would want to plan this type of thing, you know? Yes. Perfect for it. Uh-huh. And like Sahar already has ideas. She's thinking a classic theme, uh, which <laughs> Tara says, uh, which ties in with my dress. And I'm like, you picked out a dress e- already, even though you just found out that this was happening? <laughs> like. <laughs> hmm. Who knows? And then we go to lunchtime. And the mood board is in progress. And I would like the record to reflect that I did, in fact, pause this and try very hard to make notes on the mood board. But it hurt my eyes and my brain. And so I elected not to proceed. Fair. <laughs> I wrote screenshot and analyze the mood board. And then I forgot I made that note and I never did it. So <laughs> I tried. It hurt. So they're talking about this mood board. And Darcy says that she thinks that it should be pirate themed. And Tara's like, she's Sahar's already decided that we're going for a classic theme. And then Sahar being the bisexual representation that I've been waiting for, (laughs) says, but if I can bring a sword to prom, I'm totally up for it. And I was like, that is my girl. (laughs) Sword bisexuals unite. (laughs) My note says, side note, Sahara's precious and I love her. I love her so much. And I was just excited to, you know, just get another little bit of representation. (laughs) Valid. Valid. Uh, Through this whole thing, Elle is in her phone. She's not aware. They could tell, they could talk about, like, committing homicide and Elle would not notice. Yep. And she gets a text from Tao asking if she wants to hang out and do art stuff. Um, And uh, I am choosing to believe the following is 100% true. Uh, Because I, when I saw that as I was watching and I was taking my notes, I just got the image of Tao talking to his mom and like she's like upset at the report that she got from mr jai and is Mm. like your best friend is so good at art you should have her help you and she like forces him to like ask her to come and help with his art 
But, like, really what she's doing is trying to... She's the meddling gay that we she all is. need. <laughs> she is. She is their number one fan. She is rooting for them. She. I have a feeling that she has been doing this behind the scenes for, like, years Years? <laughs> uh, so Elle kind of comes back to reality and announces that Tao wants to meet up. And Darcy says, like, say yes. And Tara is like, no, you need to put distance. You said that you wanted to put distance. And, like, they're kind of having a back and forth. And then Sahar goes, wait, there's a boy? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so cute. It's very cute. And Tara's being a good friend here, making sure, like... Except Tara's actually being a bad friend because Elle was wrong. I mean, okay, but, but she doesn't know that. Like, the, at this point in time, That's Tara fair. is just trying to help Elle keep her head on straight and not get hurt. The last thing that she said to them was that it was a bad idea, the flirting didn't work, and she needed to get over him. Mm-hmm. Tara is such a good friend to everybody. She just is. Yeah. Um. So then she says it doesn't matter anyway because she's going to Lambert for the, like, art open. Mm-hmm. And... So she texts Tao and says that, and he says, don't worry, another time, XX, which is a lot softer than he would have been on Charlie had it been Charlie. And, like, I just think that we see so much of his development this season, and, like, he's, like, holding back his fear of abandonment Mm -hmm. and his anger outbursts a lot longer than he would have last season. He pulls some bullshit. He does, but... He's learned from from the the events of his and Charlie's arguments in season one. I think he's learning to be a little bit less reactive. Yeah. Let me go back to the gym study hall. And this shot of the chalkboard like gives me. It's making me nauseous. Because <laughs> it just in it's like the size of the whole chalkboard in uh-huh. all capital giant letters. Days until first exam. Five. Yeah. This is not helpful. It is helpful in us for marking time, though, because it was 14 days in episode one, and now it's five. Yeah, but, like, it's not helping anyone in that room, and it is, in fact, just making everyone more stressed out. Not healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Then we hear Nicholas Nelson, and we look up, and it's Charlie. And so this shot of Nick looking up is the still that we got. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I knew it. When we recorded on our reaction to those stills, I said, that face says to me, Charlie Spring has just entered the room. (laughs) And it was. And this is where the theory of it being just mourning starts to fall apart for me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because Charlie comes in to return his pen. <laughs> what a fucking lame excuse. First I know. of all. <laughs> I my note is this is one of the worst excuses I've ever heard in my life. And realistically like Farouk would have just taken the pen and walked it over to Nick. <laughs> yeah. Or just looked over and been like seems like he's got one, mate. Go back to right. class. Yeah. I had two questions and cuz I had a similar thing where I was like there's no way that this is just during form time. Because number one, where is Charlie supposed to be? And number two, what did he say to the adult in charge of wherever he's supposed to be to enact this terrible plan? Right. I mean, maybe he's going in late 
Because he does, we know that he's been going to class late already anyway, so. It's possible. I just. But also, he says, I just haven't seen you all day, and I wanted to, like, come and give you this and check on you or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, if this was during form and he hasn't seen him all day, then it would still be, like, essentially first period, Morning, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very confused about the timeline. While Nick is over in the corner talking to Charlie, Ben is, like, watching. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, ugh. He's, like, glaring. Yeah. And, you know, as, like, they're trying to talk, I'm like, Charlie, you had to know that this plan was not going to, like, yield you, like, a quality amount of time with Nick. Or, like, the opportunity to pull Nick into a fucking closet to make out. Like, you you know that, yeah. right? And then, right? Because very quickly, Mr. Farouk is walking down and realizes, why the fuck is Charlie Spring still here? And says, this ain't social hour, boys, and makes Charlie leave. Mm-hmm. My note here says, Nick goes back to his seat, Ben sucks, Mr. Farouk appears and puts them in isolation. I think it's interesting the route he chooses to go back to his seat. Because, <laughs> like, I, instead of walking past Mr. Farouk and taking a right, he, like, takes a right to, like, squeeze past Mr. Farouk just to take a left and keep going, like, the direction he was coming. And I was like, you really didn't have to, like, get all up in his business. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Ben is like a complete asshole, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I see he's still as desperate as ever, which like, you're such a pathetic little weasel. And like, <laughs> hearing him call Charlie desperate is like, <laughs> such a laugh because he is so desperate for Charlie this season. Mm-hmm. And so Nick says, I told you not to talk about him. Mm-hmm. And Ben's like, God, you hate me so much. It's not my fault he liked me first. Um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck right the fuck off, Ben. And then Nick says, I hate you because you literally assaulted him. And Ben, like, takes a deep breath to make a rebuttal. And Mr. Fruit, you hear him clear his throat. And I, I have questions about isolation because from what we see, which is not a lot... Are they just being locked together in a room unsupervised? And that's their punishment? Because that seems like a terrible idea. Uh Uh-huh. Because, okay, there's two ways that this is a terrible idea. Because if you're Mr. Farouk, right, as far as you know, they're like buddies and they're chatting to avoid doing their work. And Mm -hmm. so putting them in a room together unsupervised is not a good consequence because what are they going to do? Sit in there and chat. Especially because those dividers aren't doing shit. Right. But then from what we know, as the audience, they're not buddy-buddy and chatty. They are arguing. And this could very easily boil over into a physical altercation. Yeah. And so locking them, I don't know if they're, like, actually being locked into the room, but just for dramatic effect. Locking (laughs) them into a room together, unsupervised, is a terrible idea because you know what that is? The, like, perfect greeting ground for a fight. Yeah, it's like a cage match. Yeah, this is a terrible idea. And he also says they're in there for the rest of the day. Yeah. Not the rest of the period, the rest of the day. Which adds to the this is an all day Like, is this morning or is it all day? Or are they in, like, is it morning and now they're in isolation all day for getting in trouble during study hall? I I don't know. But also, like, if this is in the morning... And then they had to spend the entire day locked in isolation together. Nick Nelson is a saint because 
I, there's no way I could have made it through an entire school day locked in a room with my boyfriend's abuser and not snapped. I wouldn't have made it through the scene that we see. Because the last thing that Ben says before the scene cuts. Yeah. Bam. Right in the face. I'm very punchy this episode. (laughs) Also, he says, uh, fix up, man. Which is something I've never heard before in my life. <laughs> I, I have. It's like a British laddie, broy thing. I do, however, I do want to talk about this little speech, brief little speech he gives. He says, I don't particularly care if you fail your maths GCSE on Monday, but I ain't going to let you disrupt everyone else's study time. Fix up, man. And I love it. I think it's great. I do not agree with putting them in the same room together. I think that's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, like, if you're going to make the choice, like, if you're going to not focus, fine. That's a you problem, especially when it's for a subject that I don't teach. If it's a test for a Mm -hmm. subject I don't teach, I'm like, I don't give a damn. This doesn't affect me at all. But what I'm not going to do is let you fuck shit up for kids who are trying to study. Yeah. As soon as the door closes, I mean, the second, the second, he's had this cooking for a while. Yeah, you know, like, he's been formulating exactly what he's going to say ever since the second that he was interrupted at the desk. Uh (sighs) Uh-huh. And he says it was a misunderstanding. And that he was going through some personal stuff. And the eyes roll to the back of my head, to the back of Nick's head, to the back of everyone's heads. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't care. You hurt him. And who knows if you'll do the same to Imogen. Do you even like her? No. The answer is no. (laughs) But of course, Ben pulls like the biphobic card. Yeah. To be like, is it not okay that I like both girls and boys? So this is where my note, coming back to what I said at the beginning, this is where my note about Nick's body language comes into play. Um, And I think that it happened when David came home too. I just didn't remember to write it down uh but when ben says that nick like completely closes off and he like sits with his arms crossed which is a posture that we see from nick a lot mm-hmm. when he's in public like when he's not when he's just with charlie he's a lot more relaxed yeah but he does and this is something that eddie pointed out to me his posture is very guarded but it's not in meat so in me, when we, like, see Nick, he doesn't have that. But once he, like, starts to, like, get to know Charlie and whether he knows it or not, develop mm-hmm. feelings, he assumes this much more guarded position. And we see it a lot. And now that Eddie's pointed it out to me, I can't unsee it. Yeah. So I'm sorry yeah. to everybody because you will not be able to either. Like, but he does. He just has, like, very guarded posture. He had it in the school, like, in the beginning mm-hmm. with the um, parent-teacher conferences when David started asking about, like, do you have a girlfriend? I th- think he did it then. I didn't write it down. But it's just, like, this very guarded thing, and we see it kind of, like, throughout. Mm-hmm. For sure. I do think we talked about that just a little bit. Maybe. In season one, because we talked – I think we talked about how when he's eating lunch with Tara and Darcy, he's not – he's open. He's not yeah. mm-hmm. closed off. Uh, So Nick does turn and, like, close off, and he's, like, gripping the pen that Charlie gave him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we go to Nick's room, and he's texting Charlie that he's had the worst day. 
And David just comes in his room and sits down and starts touching his notes and papers. Like, fucking rude. This is organized in a way for me to be able to study. Don't touch my notes. Yeah. Rude. And he's like, get out. Get out, David. Get out. (laughs) And then his phone pings with a response from Charlie. And David grabs the phone and Nick panics. He full on panics. He's like, give it back. Give it back, David. Give it back. And David's like... Is Charlie a girl? She's sending you three hearts. I think you might be in there. And he's like, David, seriously, give it back. And David's like, fine. And goes to hand him the phone. And Nick goes to grab it. And David, like, moves his arm in, like, a circle so that Nick (laughs) can't get the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God. My fucking younger sibling, like, blood boils. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fucking give him his phone back. And... That before David leaves, he says, if you do have a girlfriend, I want to know about it. She needs my approval. And my note says, if Tori said something like this to Charlie, I'd love it. But coming from David, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I still think he already knows. I think that this is just another... I think he's trying to get him to tell him. I don't think he has good intentions of it. But I do think this is him, like, picking on him, trying to get him to just tell Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And then we get this, like, back and forth of texting Mm -hmm. with Charlie and Nick. He says, same, this coursework is so boring. I'm like, buddy, you are not having the same kind of bad day Mm -mm. that Nick is having. Nick is having a worse day. I'm sorry that you have to write your essay, but you have to write your fucking (laughs) essay so you can hang out with your boyfriend after school. Eyes on the prize, my dude. Eyes on the fucking prize. It's true. It bothers me for all of this episode and all of the next episode. I'm really mad about it. I so I had I didn't even really realize until the beginning of this episode that that it was just the essay. Like now I'm frustrated about it too. But I I don't have any of those notes because I was thinking it was more than just just one essay, my guy. No, because it's not until after he gets caught sneaking out that she grounds him for the rest of the term. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Charlie suggests that he could come over, and Nick is like, "Mm, I don't think that's the best idea with my brother here. And then he suggests that they could meet at the park. And the second that Charlie's brain registers what the text messages are saying, he's he's out the door. He is so far gone. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, in the park... Charlie is standing there like a character in a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> he's like just standing there very small. And he's got his bag at his feet and it's this beautiful landscape shot. There's a lot of Wes Anderson vibes in this season. I'm going to talk about it later when Tao and I'll go on their date. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And then like Nick arrives and Nelly is with them. The music cue is like perfect. This song. It's, it might be my favorite. Yeah, it might be my favorite new discovery from this season. There are other songs that I n- have known and loved right, for right, a right, right. good long while, uh, like all the Baby Queen stuff. Seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is definitely like at the top of my list for new like new yeah. songs from this, and also just like even use of song. In a scene. Like, this is so, mm-hmm. so good. I have a lot of notes on this scene. <laughs> yeah. 
so I wrote that I want to breathe your air, press your chest against mine. It's like perfectly timed with them like connecting in that mm-hmm. hug. <laughs> it destroys me in such a good way. The way that Nick's <laughs> face instantly goes like buried in Charlie's neck and stays there. Ugh. And he like spins him around. Uh. Oh, it's so good. And it's like the perfect parallel to the park scene in season one of like how far they've come, right? Mm-hmm. They're on the, they're even, it's the same blanket that they're sitting on yeah. in front of the log. And they just are in such a different place oh. than they were in season mm-hmm. one. They're holding hands. Nick kisses him. A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and like, when they okay, so they cut out some of the lyrics. Yeah, part of the first verse, and then almost all of the second verse. But they cut back in with the line "Won't soothe this physical desire," right as Nick pulls Charlie on top of him. Mm. And I'm just like, it's just so good. It's and like, really good. I think I know now what life should have been like. We should have stayed. We should have danced all night, which is like. We should have kissed at the park, you know, like mm-hmm. just thinking about kiss. We mm-hmm. should have stayed. We should have danced all night. Yeah, for sure. They left. Mm-hmm. I I thought a lot about dance with me and like the snow scene with this. Yes. Just because like chrono- chronologically they fall in similar spaces in their respective seasons and like mm-hmm. the music plays such an important role in both scenes and like. The Nelly and the pictures, like mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. that was the scene from season one that like that it was giving me like dance with me feels, and we all yeah. know that dance with me is <laughs> giving yeah. gives me good happy feelings. Yeah, and I think Alice even mentioned on Twitter. Someone asked like, was it supposed to be similar to the snow scene? And mm-hmm. they were like, it's not not supposed to be similar <laughs> to the snow scene, you know. But to get into the dialogue a little bit of it. Nick says that Charlie's hands are so cold, and Charlie says, I'm always cold, and so Nick gives him his hoodie, and he says, I'm stealing this, and Nick says, oh, I know. It's great. (laughs) It's great, because we know it's not the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I really, this is, like, looking ahead uh, quite a bit, but I really hope we get, for Nick's birthday, Charlie returning all of the sweaters yeah but yeah so after charlie gets the hoodie he like goes and he's like playing with nelly and nick is just like sitting back on the blanket and taking pictures and that's when i start crying mm-hmm. profusely because i just i also i think about like how important those pictures are gonna be yeah. in the future yes i think that when he starts to take the pictures you can see, like, he's starting to get, like, so, like, overcome with his feelings mm-hmm. in, in those few moments. He's, like, you can see it, like, starting to, to like, I don't know, fill him up, per se. Like, yeah. he's reaching his, his point of having all these feelings inside. And Charlie sits down, you know, and he checks on him and asks, like, how he's doing. And he offers to, like, help him with his revision. And I think that this is, the like, one of the first times that he's thinking... I love you, but he doesn't really know how to, like, even process them yet. And so instead of trying to formulate it, he kisses him instead. And then, you know, Charlie's, like, looking around. And <laughs> oh, 
my god, I was just slowly dying while I was talking. <laughs> um, okay, everything's fine. We're fine. It's all normal. So yeah, so instead of trying to process it or formulate it, he just acts instead and kisses him. And it's like a, pa- a pretty passionate kiss. And then Charlie pulls away and giggles, and he's like looking around in astonishment. And Nick is like, I'm not fucking done. <laughs> and grabs his face and pulls him on top of him and and initiates a full-on like makeout session. So my I don't have many notes on this. I do have notes in a little bit akin to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Less well articulated, as you will find out. But uh, my notes on this whole conversation after Charlie and Nelly come back is um Charlie offers to help Nick revise, and instead of accepting the help of his boyfriend, who is very good at maths, as established in season one, Nick decides they should make out in the park instead. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have any of his notes with him. Like, they couldn't have revised right then. That's true. But, like, he could have said, yeah, let's make a plan. And instead, he's like, let's make out. I mean, he's probably going to say, how are we supposed to do that when we're not supposed to see each other? Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. think it's funny that I'm like, dude, you know for a fact that Charlie's very good at math. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it would make sense for to get that help. I have all of my emotions and feelings in this next scene of Charlie walking home. Because um, number yes. one, in the shots of Charlie walking down the street, just like it's beautifully composed. The sky so pretty. It's like pinky purple, like sunset. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, it kind of, it's similar to the shots of Nick walking home at the end of Out, Mm -hmm. um, which gives me a lot of feelings. But then while he's walking home, he's scrolling through Nick's Instagram. And what I'm choosing to believe is that Charlie has post notifications turned on for Nick. Absolutely. And saw that Nick posted a new picture and it's of Charlie and Nellie. And then he's like scrolling through... And his Instagram is a lot of rugby, a lot of Nelly, and a Formula One meme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the most recent thing is the picture that he just posted. And the caption says, I think Nelly loves him. Which is like a soft launch of his own feelings. Yes. And my note here, this is in all caps, says, I am dead, code blue, ladies and gentlemen, Alyssa has left the chat, and also this mortal coil, and then the rainbow animation around him, I am so unwell. <laughs> yes, the rainbow oh, animation. It, and and it being like the end of the song where it's just, we'll call it paradise, we'll call it paradise, like, oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah, and like you said, it's like, he's not saying, I think Nelly loves him. He's saying, I think I love him. Yes, yeah. And I think Charlie knows that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that face, yeah, he for sure knows. It's so good. And yeah, and like we have like the song and like the end of the song is just so gorgeous. This is for sure. This is one of my favorite scenes from the whole series. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So good. So um, then we go to the Lambert School open house night. Elle looks amazing. Yes, this outfit is so good paired with the hair yes ma'am yes yes ma'am but she also looks fucking terrified and i'm like you should have brought tau for emotional support Mm -hmm. maybe he would have found out i don't know they have a fucking film program maybe he could have gotten information about that 
It seems like they don't, though. But she could have brought, like, Tara would have been good to have. Like, she, yeah. you know, she can start a conversation and help, like, kind of buffer. But yeah. she doesn't need it, though. She does fine. Yes, she does. Uh, but just, like, in this first shot, I'm like, L. Yeah, why are you here alone? Why are you alone? Uh, and then, so they go into the art studio. And the tour guide explains that the year 12 students are working on pieces about climate change and suggests that as a topic for their application pieces. And then we meet Naomi and Felix. (laughs) I love them. Naomi says that this is making her feel more nervous about her application piece. And Elle says, I haven't finished mine yet. And Naomi is like, oh, same. And I was like, I haven't even started yet. And Naomi's like, oh, my God, babe, same. Same. (laughs) Yeah. And it's great. It's very good. And I also love both of their outfits. But specifically, Felix's sweater. Felix's sweater is excellent. It is not my favorite sweater in this episode, but it's very good. Uh, But so Felix Felix, uh, thinks that they probably throw really good parties at Lambert. And Naomi says that all Felix cares about are the parties. Yeah. And then that art student's like, we do have good parties. <laughs> it's I love yeah, that's really great. I really love that. Um, I do have a side note about Naomi and Felix, and this is kind of like a general thing, but also a this episode thing. Cause I, I just I wish I love them, both mm-hmm. of them, so much. And I think this is a great introduction to the characters. I just wish that we had gotten more of them this season because they're kind of just there for a lot Mm -hmm. of the season aside from like creating a kind of stupid conflict between Elle and Tao and I imagine that they're setting stuff up for season three where like if they do have Elle go to Lambert and like we'll have characters for her there Mm -hmm. and and they'll play a bigger role in that but I just I, I feel like they didn't really have anything to do in this season, and I just wish that we had Seen gotten something out of them. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get um, what I have dubbed the art school montage. Same. We see the banner that says, Welcome, Perspective Six Formers. Then we see Naomi and Felix making Elle laugh, and then Elle is with some other people, and she's laughing. And then we hear her saying that she might not, I, I might not make it, but hopefully. Um, and then we see Elle talking to the tour guide and another student. Um, and then they tell her that she's going to fit in right away. And she mm-hmm. says she's nervous. And they say, don't be. And then she's taking a, f- a picture with Naomi and Felix. And she says, everyone say, Picasso. Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so horrible. funny. <laughs> Picasso. Mm-hmm. And then we get. Ella and Naomi, they're, like, looking at, like, one of the student pieces on the wall. And Naomi says, I really hope I get in. I hope we both get in. And the sass. Yes. Ella's like, we will. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't channel that level of sass. Um, She (laughs) says, I'm speaking it into the universe. And Naomi's like, she's manifesting. Yep. And then they have this discussion um, where Naomi says that she really hates going to regular school where everyone knows you as the trans girl and here she can just be Naomi. And she asks Elle if she knows what she means. And Elle says, I really do. It's such a touching scene to know that Mm -hmm. like the way that they clicked instantly. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm very excited to see them bond. Yes. Yes. 
And like, that's the thing. I'm like, I wish that we'd seen more of that because like Naomi and Naomi and Felix become like this, like presence in Elle's life. And I'm like, I wanted to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Not just through Tao's Instagram stories. <laughs> right. Speaking of Tao's Instagram stories, uh, Tao and his mom are sitting on the couch watching like a game show and Tao is moping and watching Elle's Instagram story at this open evening. And Yan is like, why are you not eating? He's like, I am eating. Meanwhile, he has not touched. Not touched his food at all. And she kind of like says, what's what's so interesting on your phone or whatever? And mm-hmm. she sees that it's Elle and she instantly gets giddy. She's like, yeah. oh, is that Elle? I do briefly want to note that in like the beginning and end of this conversation, Tao's mom is speaking in Cantonese yes. and Tao mm-hmm. is responding in English, which is a very interesting writing choice. And in, uh, in universe, because uh, there could be any number of reasons out of universe that this could be the case. But in universe, I'm choosing to believe that Tao just like he understands it really well, but he just can't speak it because I know yeah. a lot of people like that. And I just I loved that, though, that like that's like a cadence and they just it's yes. nice to like drop into this like relationship. And it's just very like telling of a lot of their dynamic right off mm-hmm. the bat. I mean, I know that we have some of Tao's mom in season one, but but not a lot and not she speaks English the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is just like a really good way of like establishing their dynamic. Right. Yes. And I love seeing the like translated back and forth of it all because mm-hmm. that's really common with. Um, multilingual households yeah and he says that she's at like an art opening and she's like oh so she's applying to art college and he says yeah for sixth form and she's like uh you can like see her heartbreak a little bit you know she's like she might be moving away well (laughs) and i think i said this in season one she loves l like she were her own daughter yes like possibly more than she loves tao But yeah, so she's like, oh, we should invite her over for dinner soon. And he's like, okay. My main note from this scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) was that at the very end there, when he picks up his bowl and starts eating, she goes to, like, pick up another bite and put it in her mouth. But she doesn't quite get the, like, piece of meat. And so there's nothing on her chopsticks. But then she, like, puts it in her mouth anyway, just, like, slowly and then, like, slowly just like pulls it back out <laughs> i was like okay she kind of plays she like plays it off well yeah it was cute mm-hmm. oh god okay so then we go back to the school gates and nick is like looking down at his phone he has a good luck text from charlie the maths exam is today with seven kisses seven's a good luck number it is um, and then we hear Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> and my next note just says, God, her eyes are so gorgeous. They are. She's the prettiest eyes. Mm-hmm. And she starts to ask, like, how he's feeling about the math exam. She says she doesn't. Under- I didn't write it down, but she says she doesn't un- fully understand something. I did. And so she's- I wrote this down. Okay. I still don't get quadratic equations, so I'm probably going to fail. And the reason I wrote it down is because I don't remember them now, but quadratic equations quadratic equations, are like one of the few things that when I was in school I did understand in math because my ninth grade geometry teacher, when she was teaching them to us, 
taught us a silly song to remember the formula to the tune of Pop Goes the Weasel. Nice. Yeah. So it was like one of the only things that I actually understood. Could remember. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. But yeah, Nick is like not having it. He cuts her off. He's like, Imogen. She immediately is like on edge, right? She Mm -hmm. could tell that like something's up. And he's like, why are you dating Ben? He's a dick. He's done some really bad stuff. And so, of course, she's like, like what? Like, you can't just tell me he's done bad stuff. Like, you got to give me concrete evidence. And Nick's like, oh, I can't tell you. And she, I mean, I think that this is, like, warranted. Mm-hmm. From her perspective, I would also be like, you know what? Fuck you, Nick. Yeah. No, like, it, yeah. And, like, it's, it, yeah, it sucks because I, like, totally see both sides of this. I'm like, no, she's totally yeah. right from what information she has. Like, she's finally feeling like she's happy. And then someone she trusts, and, like, she makes a point of saying she doesn't really have a lot of friends. Yeah. And, like, this is someone who she counts among those friends who is ruining it for her. But then, like, on the flip side, we know what happened, but we also know why Nick can't tell her, Mm -hmm. but also why he's so worried. Yeah. Like, obviously, we all are, like, get away from her. (laughs) Like, Imogen, drop him immediately. Yeah. So then she, like, tells him off and goes back over to Ben, and Ben, like, smirks at Nick. And, again... I just want to punch him in the face. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a very punchy episode. It really is. And then we go to the gym, and it's it's exam time, and all of the desks are, like, organized into, like, individual seats, and Coach Singh is proctoring the exam and looking absolutely fucking amazing. She has no reason to look this good. She's done her makeup. Miss Singh, don't you know that proctoring test day is, like, the excuse to, like, wear your hair and your messy bun and wear your joggers? Wait, she's the coach, though. That's what yeah, she wears every day. comfy. But she looks so good. She does. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, bitch, you better, like, have a hot date with your wife right after this. I'm like, we got Mr. Farouk in this exam hall. We got Coach Singh in this exam hall. How do I get in this exam hall? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we have like the test anxiety scene. I love this. I love how well done it is because everything just like comes together. The like number one, just like the way that it's staged, like the rows and everything, it like does a good job of like simulating that testing environment. We've all been there, so we all can like we're like already like tapping into like sense memory <laughs> mm-hmm. of what it's like to be in that situation. And then, you know, we have, like, the, like, her shoes, like, echo as she walks and, like, the clock tick. Yeah. And she does that. And your exam starts now. And everyone around you, like, you can hear their papers rustling and, like, you're super self-conscious of, like, oh, is everyone, like, so – they're flying so far ahead of me. How Mm -hmm. stupid am I that I – and he opens the booklet and he tries to start the test, but he can't focus and it, like, it all gets, like – scrambly yeah so like the words on the page they all like turn into like scribbles and it turns into just like nonsense and then it like turns into the like anxiety radiating off of him and like the way that the camera like it moves and it's like just like pulling out and out and out and out and out and then we're getting like more like more and more of the like anxiety spiral and the music it just works together so well Mm -hmm. and i love it 
I mean, I hate it because Nick is sad, but from an artistic standpoint. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, I can feel it, you know, like I can feel that in my chest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we go to Nick's house and Nick opens the door and Charlie is there. And this is the cardigan. This is my favorite of the episode. It's excellent. It's a great cardigan. It's great. <laughs> and Nick says, you snuck out again. You'll be in so much trouble with your mom. But Charlie uh, notably does not address Nick's very real and valid concern and instead says, I'm here to cheer you up after your terrible exam. And then I like can't be mad anymore because Nick pulls him into this huge hug and we get the shot of their feet and Nick lifts him off the ground Mm -hmm. and it's so cute. And then he like refuses to break the hug in order to shut the door. So he kicks the door shut. It's it's so cute. Look, I'm surprised he didn't just carry him up the stairs too. I'm choosing to believe that he does. He <laughs> scoops he him does. up and he tries to break him. No, but David's home, so he wouldn't. I mean, but this hug is pretty incriminating. He wasn't thinking, though. He just no, acted. That's, that's like a, a like spur of the moment thing. Yes. So then we go to Elle's house, and her mom is saying that her skirt is too short. I'm like, and it is a tiny skirt, little I, skirt. My note says L that does not count as clothes. I'm sorry. Like, she is not wearing enough fabric to constitute clothing. That is a bathing suit. <laughs> Generously. It's very cute, but it's just, it's not a lot of clothing. Yeah. But uh, her mom looks out the window and says, that boy of yours is here. I- I love it. Because she's so, she's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, she's confused. Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, did he knock or did she just happen to look out like as he was walking up? Or was he just standing there staring at the window? (laughs) He was standing there. (laughs) He was standing there working up the courage to like text Elle or knock. And you know how I know that? (laughs) Because when the camera cuts, He's so caught off guard that Elle's mom saw him. He just does like this dorky, awkward wave. Yeah. (laughs) And then Elle looks out and he waves more excitedly to her. And then they squeeze into this tiny little doorway together. Yeah. Tao asks about the maths exam and Elle is just like, you did not come all the way out here just to ask me about my maths exam. What the fuck is Mm -hmm. up? (laughs) He says that things have been weird lately and that he's been weird lately, uh, to which I say, well, no shit. You're both in love with each other and have no idea how to talk <laughs> to each other about it. <laughs> and he he wanted to see if she wanted to hang out, but she's going out with Naomi and Felix to a club that does under 18 nights. And Tao is horrified at the concept of a club. Which, fair. Yeah. Clubs are not my favorite either. I like to dance, so give me a shot of something mm, yeah. in 20 minutes and I'm vibing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much more of like a dive bar. That's fair. I, I like that, but I do. I like to dance. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I also love her like very subtle orange eyeshadow. Yeah. In the corners of her eyes. There's a lot of like corner eye makeup this mm. season mm-hmm. and it's it's such a gorgeous look i feel like the the hair and makeup team like definitely stepped it up this season it looks everybody looks so uh-huh. good all the time 
Tao then like tries to suggest that they have an art day over the weekend, but she shuts that down as well, saying that she's busy with like studying for the GCSEs and trying to finish up her application piece for Lambert. And I just want to yell very loudly at these two idiots to stop being stupid, talk to each other, mm-hmm. kiss, and move on. <laughs> it's funny that like she's like, oh, I've just been so busy. I'm going to a club later with some other people. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I'm proud of her for, like, laying that boundary and, like, trying to reset kind of her feelings around him. Mm -hmm. Because it's really hard to do. And I think that, you know, she's doing a really good job of it thus far. Um, And, again, I'm proud of him for not blowing up at her. Because, again, she's literally going out that night to a club. Yeah. But can't hang out with him and like this again just like shows his growth because that's something that would have absolutely set him off in season one Mm -hmm. and like by nature he's gonna be softer with Elle than he is with like Charlie because he's in love with her Yeah, but I also think that he like not this drastically right like you can tell he's grown a bit from where he was previously Mm -hmm. so then we go to Nick's room oh god And they're, like, cuddling in bed, watching a movie. I have notes on this. So if you want to talk about this scene first, I have some Marvel movie notes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. I, um, my first note is that this is also from, like, this is almost word for word from the Mm -hmm. comics. Except for it's in a different order. Um, because this happens after the talk that they have at the end of the series, or at the end of the season. Um, and that talk in the comics happens before Paris. Mm-hmm. So it's all out of order in this season, but they, they do hit all of the marks. Yeah. I also wrote down, like, how many edits of Joe saying, I did warn you I'm not a fan of Marvel movies. Cut to Joe as Wiccan is gonna, are going to just, like, immediately, immediately appear as soon as that show comes out. A <laughs> hundred thousand. yeah everyone who can will yeah i didn't even think of that that's great (laughs) so yeah charlie says he's not a fan of marvel movies and he fell asleep so here's the thing i tried at various different playback speeds to like Mm. focus in on this like the audio coming from the laptop to figure out what movie it was and i don't know and i've seen all of the marvel movies Even the new ones that suck. (laughs) But anyway, so I'm guessing based on a couple of things, it's either Iron Man or the Avengers. Uh, Because number one, that is the era of the MCU that is genuinely good and worth watching. Number two, we happen to know that Iron Man is Nick's favorite. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that Nick is like trying to show charlie the whole thing yeah so that's why i'm like okay it could be iron man because it could be like all right we're gonna start with the first one because that's where you start um right. but i'm also like but the the avengers is a genuinely good movie so i'm like okay maybe it's that one because that's like a good one to like hook you in and also some of the like fight noises i'm like this could be the battle of new york maybe in which case i disagree if it's something from phase 1 i disagree wholeheartedly with charlie's assessment that it's boring and like fall asleep worthy cuz that's when it was good but if it's some of the newer stuff yeah fuck that shit <laughs> i also feel like he didn't 
Like, he didn't fall asleep because it was boring. Yeah, he just, yeah. <laughs> he, I think that his, at least my feeling of this scene from the comics is to show that his eating disorder is starting to take a toll yeah. mm-hmm. on, like, his energy levels and his overall, like, well-being. And I feel like it, it I got that vibe, you know, that they were using it a That's similar fair. way here. Because the next thing that he does is offer him dinner and, he did, yeah. and he's like, no, 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 I'll eat later. That is entirely fair. I just have strong feelings about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and nowhere to, <laughs> no, like, platform or, like, venue in which to air them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. So yeah, he offers to, he asks if he wants food and says he can make dinner. Charlie says he'll eat when he gets home, but he'd love a cup of tea. And Nick like giggles at him and tells him he's an old man (laughs) and and goes downstairs to make the tea, leaving Charlie playing with Nellie in his bed. Which is great until I remember what's about to happen. Yeah, exactly. We see him down there making the tea and then David walks into Nick's room. Without knocking. Yep, just barges in, and Nellie immediately growls and like <laughs> David. She, like, takes a defensive position in front of um, Charlie, too, Charlie. and I'm like, good girl, Nellie, good girl. Yeah, I mean, she knows. All of the treats. Dogs know, man. Mm-hmm. And she's had to live with David, so. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. What was your name again? <laughs> yeah. And Charlie's like, uh, I'm Charlie, and you're and he's like oh i'm david nick's older brother and charlie's like yeah i fucking know yeah (laughs) and then we see um nick starts to come up the stairs with the tea and he like can hear david talking and saying like you know oh where'd you meet nick and he kind of like hesitates outside the door and then walks in and is like david get out and he sits down the tea and immediately checks in with charlie mm-hmm. are you okay and he's like yeah i'm fine and this is where we get david punchy gets, again yeah yeah we get punchy again <laughs> david says oh he just wanted to get to know the guy that turned his little brother gay and everybody freezes both on screen and at home <laughs> yeah. it's like joe locks like face like non-verbal acting is so good in this scene like he you can tell that he's like so uncomfortable and he like doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. but he's also like anxious because he wants to like help nick but then he doesn't like know david well enough to really like jump in and Mm -hmm. he's just kind of like frozen in the bed meanwhile nick like completely tenses up and you can see like he one of his hands closes and he like turns around he's like the way he says what his voice, like, breaks. Like, he's scared and upset and, like, he knows how David's about to act. Yeah. And so then he crosses his arms and we get, I'm bisexual, actually. And so what? Yeah. Which is so iconic. Uh-huh. I was a little disappointed by this. But it's nothing to do with the performance and everything to do with the camera angle. Mm. Um, Like, there's something about, like, I know why he's shifting to, like, cross his arms. There's something about it. It just feels a little unnatural. And so I'm, like, there. it just, like, it pulls me out for a second every time because I'm, like, oh, they just, like, they're doing it to recreate the panel, which is what I wanted. There's just something, I don't know, there's something that feels a little bit unnatural about it. Hmm. I almost wanted his arms to be crossed already. Mm. 
Like when he said what? Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the way that it turned out, I think. I don't know. I like it. I think it's it's well done. The camera angle doesn't bother me. Mm. But before we move on from this shot, mm-hmm. there's a plush donut on the shelf behind him. I celebrate that. So he got the donut. <laughs> I'm like, did he go back? <laughs> did Charlie go back and win it for him? That's precious. Yeah, my notes are not very helpful here. No, me either. This is when, I mean, as soon as he says, I'm by actually and so what, David's like, my actually and so what? Yeah, like, I know. My notes, like, David mocks him because he sucks. Nick gets mad, says this is why he didn't want to tell David. Arguing in staircase. Sarah hears, asks what's going on. Yeah, so they rush down the stairs, arguing it with each other. He's saying, like, I knew you'd act like this. And he's like, act like what? He's like a homophobic prick. And that's when Sarah comes around the corner and she's like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick says, why did you tell him about Charlie? And she says, I didn't. And David says, mom didn't tell me you left a picture of you kissing on your bedroom wall. And he's like, why are you going into my room? Which like, this is a horrible scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's terrible, but I giggle every time at that line because Kit delivers it so well that it's like, I believe it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so believable. It's like, why are you going to my room? Uh, So good. Then he says, uh, that's when David's like, whoa, he's saying he's bisexual. Like, what a load of shit. Like, he can't even admit that he's gay. Oh, my God. I bet you haven't even told my dad. What's dad going to say? And so that's when Sarah's like, okay, no cussing. David in the kitchen now. Mm-hmm. And while all of that is happening, Nellie and Charlie come downstairs and Charlie's like standing behind Nick and Nellie like lets out a little whine and gets in her bed. She's like, everybody's yelling. Yeah. I don't love how Sarah handles this. It's a bit too passive for That's, me. Yeah. Like she she doesn't firmly enough take Nick's side. And she doesn't stop David in time. Yeah. Like she should have stopped him much sooner than she did. Yeah. So I'm just like, Sarah, come on. Like, the minute you realized what was happening, you should have shut this shit down. She let them carry on once she intervened for too long. And then it was yeah. the swearing that was the thing that that made her pull David away. And I'm like, no. No, no. Mm -hmm. And even once she gets him in the kitchen, it's, you know, why do you wind him up for no reason? Yeah, not, what the fuck, stop being a homophobic prick. Yeah, exactly. He says, well, uh, if he didn't want me to know, then he shouldn't leave pictures of them in his room. And she says, why are you going in his room anyway? And he says, "I I went in there one time. Just like, she couldn't have done so much more. Yeah. And said so much more, and she didn't. She kind of left him hanging. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also, like, I feel like Sarah is the kind of parent who would be very sensitive to the fact that there's company over. And, like, she knows Charlie well. And, like, she wouldn't let this happen. Yeah. And speaking of Charlie, Charlie looks like he's about to be sick. And so do I. And he asks if he should go home. And Charlie is just, like, very upset. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, mainly because I don't want to talk about Jane. But, like... When when they're having the conversation about, like, everything he should have done or what he wishes he could have done, this is the thing that at the end of Out, he's saying he wants to protect Nick from. And so he's realizing he can't do that. 
Yeah. And it's, like, really affecting him. But I don't... I'm not sure that he is, like, fully understanding that he can't at this point in time. I think he's... He's feeling like he's failed. Yes, no, definitely. At definitely. doing that. I don't think that he's going to reach a point until after he goes to the hospital. Yeah. And realizes this, that this is a manifestation of his OCD. I don't think that he's going to be able to like fully understand what's going on. Right. But yeah, like this but this is like it's his whole thing of like it's all going to be perfect is like starting to unravel and like he's yeah. clinging to that of like I have a boyfriend and it's all going to be perfect and I'm going to be better now. But that's it's not perfect. And so if it's not perfect, right. then he's not better and it's just gonna right. get worse. <laughs> it hurts. And so Nick walks him to the door and he says he'll text him later and apologizes. Mm-hmm. They don't kiss, they don't hug, they don't touch, and he shuts the door and goes inside. And then Charlie like hesitates to walk away and then slowly takes some breaths and walks away. Yeah. So uh, Char- we get to Charlie's house and Jane hears Charlie come in and asks where he's been and then answers her question by saying Nick's, I assume, uh, before Charlie can even open his mouth. And then she says the thing that makes me want to punch her. <laughs> she says, I thought we'd agreed you're going to spend some time apart until you finished your cur- coursework. Nobody agreed anything, Jane. You told you decided. Charlie he was mm-hmm. banned. You you and Julio didn't even agree. You just decided and you said that Charlie was banned from seeing Nick until he was done with his essay. There's no discussion. There is no agreement. Fuck you, Jane. And then <laughs> Charlie tries to explain himself. But like I was trying to cheer him up, but she cuts him off because she doesn't want to hear it. And says, again, summarily punishing that Charlie is grounded for the rest of the term. No conversation with anybody, just yelling and punishing. Mm -hmm. And then she says that if he sneaks out, he won't be allowed to go on the Paris trip. So Charlie, understandably, storms off. And what that whole time Julio is like looking back and forth and he's getting like, he's concerned. He doesn't know what to do. Charlie storms off and Julio tries, like, goes after him. But before he does, Jane gives him a look like she doesn't understand why Charlie stormed off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bitch, just (laughs) look at yourself. Think about what you just said. Let's have some self-awareness and some self-reflection. Like, you you talked at him, didn't let him get a word in, grounded him, and then threatened to take away the Paris trip. I wonder why he's mad. Julio needs to put in a nanny cam so he can show her the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Julio goes and he tries to offer Charlie dinner. And Charlie says he ate at Nick's, which we know isn't true. And again, Julio looks concerned at the yeah. bottom of the stairs. And he is texting Nick. Why is being out so complicated? Are you awake? The song that is playing over this, this is like one of my other favorite. This is a song that I knew. And when it started playing the first time, I was like, why didn't I think of this? This is a perfect Charlie song. And Tegan and Sarah is a queer band. I was like, why didn't I think of this? I was mad at myself. (laughs) But so the song is You Wouldn't Like Me. And it is perfect because it's like, I wouldn't like me if I met me. 
you wouldn't like me if you met me. And I'm like, this is a perfect Charlie song. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, especially for like the kind of conversation that's happening right now. Because he's like, why, you know, why is being out so complicated? Are you awake? And like, just like everything that happens after this as well. So Nick is like getting out of the shower. He comes back in his room, picks up his phone and realizes that he's gotten a missed text from Charlie. He replies, hey, in all caps, like, to, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm here now. That's, like, what I got from that. Mm -hmm. Um, So he says, hey, sorry about today. I should have told him sooner, to be honest. And Charlie says, I'm sorry, this is all my fault for coming over. I should have stood up for you against your brother. Ugh, it hurts. Uh, Because he does just want it all to be perfect, and Mm -hmm. he's putting all of this pressure on himself to make it happen. And then Nick sends him a voice message, and I can't stop crying. It's so good. I think this choice was so brilliant to make it a voice message instead of the long, like, text thread. Yes. It works really well. It also, like, gave us the opportunity to be able to, like, focus on Charlie's face and, like, his emotions and how he's, like, processing it. And we get the, like, bully animations. Yeah. I wrote out the voice message. It says, Charlie, this is not your fault. I don't care what David thinks anyway. I mean, it was never going to go perfectly with everyone. And that, they cut to Joe's face. And he's let, and Charlie is, like, panicking. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing is he wants and needs everything to be perfect. Yeah. Then he says, coming out to my mom was amazing, but there are still awful people in the world, like my brother. Like, you know, when you came out, but I can handle it. I promise. (laughs) And we're all crying at this point. It hurts me so deeply. And Charlie, like, Charlie, like, I don't think Charlie has the words to explain what he is feeling. So he just takes back the three hearts and puts his phone down and he just like cocoons himself in his blankets Mm -hmm. and we all cry. And then we go (laughs) to Tao in his room watching Elle's Instagram story again and being mopey and sad. And also like sleuthing. He's like checking out Naomi's profile. He's like, who are these people? (laughs) Yeah, checking out Felix's profile. Tao's mom knocks, and I actually wrote, like a civilized person, because I'm so bad with David not knocking on yes. the door either time. Um, and she's like, I brought you Apple. And, like, sits down on the bed and, like, talks to him. And <sighs> I really love this scene. It hurts. It does. And we, like, I think probably in secret maybe is when I brought up, like, how bad Tao's abandonment issues were and, like, where's his dad? Yeah. And is that where it stems from? And lo and behold, <laughs> he's dead. And it is it is where his comes issues from. come from. Yeah. Um. I actually, I have notes about it where I was, like, we discussed the fact that we only ever saw his mom and that this conversation it fills in that gap and helps like to paint a better understanding of Tao and some of the way he was acting in season one. I just kind of wish that we had gotten some of this in season one rather than it being this like retrospective. Oh, that explains so much. Right. Yeah. To have that context going in would have been I nice. I feel like but- it would have lessened some of my frustration with Tao if I had the context. This is jumping 
way the fuck ahead. But also, I think something that explains a lot of how he was of his actions in season one is that he solely on himself, I think, is the one who knows that he's the reason that Charlie was out. Yes. And he didn't like he didn't share that with anyone. So he's that all season one and his like overprotectiveness with the bully stuff, like he's carrying that guilt mm-hmm. on top of. Yeah. And we were like not sure if they were gonna include that part of the storyline. Like we didn't know if he even knew that he was the reason. Like and to think about to think back on season one now knowing that he knew that he was the reason the whole time like explains a lot of his rashness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she says that Tao and L remind her a lot of herself and Tao's dad, that he was the calm one and she was the outspoken one and that they balanced each other out. And when they were together, it was like perfect harmony. And that when they lost him, she felt unbalanced and so that she understands how Tao is feeling if he's afraid of losing Elle. But that if he's afraid of losing her, he has to fight to stay by her side. Like, he has to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tao very helpfully lightens the mood by saying... And also, like, clarifies for the audience, because you're like, wait, is he? Um, And goes, also, Elle's not dead, so there's that. <laughs> that helps, yeah. <laughs> that was a cute line. yeah. Tao's mom leaves and he like looks and we see his lock screen is a picture of Tao and Elle like at like a picnic. You know what it looks like though? It looks like it's from episode one in the back of in Charlie's yard when they were stud when they were doing art. Yeah. Like I think it's the same outfits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh Tao has his motherfucking light bulb moment. It's only taken <laughs> ten episodes. Um yeah. <laughs> I had to do some quick math. Uh, so, like, the, presumably the next morning, he's, like, walking into the shop Yeah, from episode one, and Isaac and Charlie are already there, and we do have an Isaac book watch, uh, The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde. And he delivers a speech that rivals anything that Jane Austen or Nora <laughs> Ephron or any other great, like, romance rom-com writer has ever written. He says, I like Elle, okay? I said it. And don't laugh. I bet you've all been laughing behind my back because I've been so oblivious. Honestly, Elle can do better and she probably doesn't even like me back. And this is probably going to destroy our friendship. It's going to destroy our friendship group. And it's going to leave me devastated for years to come. So this is a really selfish and stupid thing to do. But I'm going to tell her. Help me! (laughs) And then cut to black... Will Gao's delivery of that speech Mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah, it's very good. It's great. Charlie and Isaac are just staring. Like, they're fully, like, (laughs) taken aback. They're like, okay, we were not prepared for him to catch up to his feelings this quickly. Like, we knew how he felt, but we didn't think he was even close to figuring it out yet. (laughs) We're like, we were not prepared for this. Also, it's so early in the morning. Yeah, I know. It's like we're not awake <laughs> enough for this. It's so good. It's very good. And it's very Tao to be like, he he was like holding it in. Like, you know, he like ran to the storage so that he could get it out. Because oh, as soon yeah. as he walks in, it's just word vomit. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the app. That is the end of the episode. So uh, did you have a favorite quote? Yes, I have two. It's really hard for me to pick. Okay. Because we obviously have the classic, I'm bi, actually, and so what, uh-huh. which, like, 
is literally my lock screen or like my phone background uh-huh. and has been my phone background forever since mm-hmm. I read the comic. Um, so that's obviously my favorite. But then also we have, <laughs> but if it means I get to bring a sword to prom, I'm in. <laughs> like that was so good. So mm-hmm. I'm picking two, I guess, this time. Okay. I also have two. Nice. Um, so that boy of yours is here. it's the delivery she's like surprised it's great it's excellent it's also just the fact that she calls him that boy of yours it's excellent and then i my other one is tao's little speech at the end of the episode nice it's just perfect i love it and like i said it just like it feels like something out of like a nora efron movie (laughs) yeah yeah it's very well done where did you fall on the scale? 557. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have I have come back down from my mm. being high on season two. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, episode one, we recorded literally the day after it came out. And I was like, they're all going to be off of the scale. So I have put my emotions back in check. And I'm trying to be a little more logical about it. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so for this one, I gave it a four. Okay. And all, all of the points are for the park scene. Like, the park scene kills me. It kills me. (sighs) The park scene, I mean, the park scene does kill me, but, like, also, there's, like, really, really sweet moments that get to me. The stuff with Tao. Sahar's existence. That's fair. I mean, that's we've just we flopped basically. Yeah, episode one and, and like, two for you, us. You when you when we were talking about the park scene, I literally died. So yeah, the park scene kills me, and the like the way that Nick picks Charlie up and slams the door shut with his foot when he comes to like those two moments are like what does it for me in this mm-hmm. episode, and all I feel like all of the like David and Ben of it all really pulled me back in to be like okay. We need to be a little more realistic about this scale mm-hmm. because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up for this episode. So, of course, this is a bi-weekly podcast by two bisexuals. And we will be back in two weeks for season two, episode three, Promise. If you want to follow us online, we are at Why Are We Cast on all platforms. And if you like this, please consider rating and reviewing us. It helps other people find us. And until next time, bye. Bye.